The Bulls have three seconds to try a shot and try to win the game. This is the Notebook Wagering Podcast. Coming to you from the betting deck. Don't believe what I just saw. Here are your hosts. Jenks! Sideline! Touchdown! Unbelievable! What is up? Notebook Wagering is back here from the Salisbury Studios. Sitting in studio with Smitty, and we've got our Pittsburgh Faithfuls Maddie Nails and Jason on Zoom. What's going on, Smitty? What's going on, guys? Good to be back. A lot of sports to go after. A the lot. big game is over, but trust me, people, we got the XFL starting Saturday, so we got a lot to talk about. What's going on, Jason? How are you tonight? I'm good. I've, I finally convinced my sixth graders how to run a zone offense, so I'm excited about that. <laughs> and uh, trying to get into some college basketball here. Got my hockey bets in early. And uh, just trying to get through. We got a nice little, the like said, the XFL's coming. We're getting close to March Madness. A lot of good things going on. Hey, Jason. How about you, Maddie? How are hey, you real, hey, real quick, Maddie. Jason, you got to bring in tonight just a little bit, like maybe two minutes of hockey because someone already just texted me and said, are you going to talk hockey tonight? So, Jason, two minutes. Maddie, go ahead. Hey, no problem. So, uh, yeah, work has finally kind of leveled off a little nicer here for myself. And this week, I dug into golf a little bit. So we can talk a little Genesis Invitational. Great field. I had two bad weeks in a row after two great weeks in a row. So let's see if we can turn it around. All right, before we get to the Super Bowl recap, Jason, I hope your uh, your team you coach wears orange jerseys and they call you Coach B. A little, little Bayheim zone action. No, no, no. We're, we, well, we, we play the Merrimack zone, which I can get into, but uh, we're, we're struggling <laughs> against the 2 3. We, we need to get a little clinic on how to break it down from Mr. Beheim. So uh, we're going to work on that, though. We're getting there. All right. Well, keep us up to date. We always like hearing what the kids are doing. All right. Let's get into the Super Bowl recap. I, I'll say, as a general blanket, if you listen to our show, you definitely came out positive uh, in your sportsbook account. Um, I, I went six and five out of my 11. Uh, I got robbed out of a couple plays, but I still ended up with positive money. I know uh, a couple plays Jason uh, and Matt hammered uh, a couple plays uh, to a T and then Smitty as well. So why don't you guys just kind of roundtable it and then I'll finish it off and, and, you know, quick thoughts and then we'll move on. Yeah, I'll go real quick. You know, I thought it was a good game. You know, there was a play at the end that a lot, you know, it's kind of a big conversation. But again, everyone's going to have a different opinion on that. You know, one thing that I thought was kind of strange was Philly not trying to run the ball like I thought they were going to try to run the ball. Uh, I know Maddie really brought that up. But, uh, another person I talked to that was betting Philly, you know, that's all we talked about was how they're going to pound the ball, pound the ball, and they really didn't hurt. I don't think they could. I don't uh, think they tried. I mean, I think they just went in a different direction. And yeah. I mean, Hurts played a fantastic game. Um, you know, luckily – um, Gainwell hit me a little bit uh, with some props there, but I, I thought it was an exciting game. I thought the Super Bowl was very, you know, intriguing both ways. A lot of action came down to the end. Um, I, again, I think the two best teams were in it. So overall, I mean, luckily I hit some bets. That always makes it a little makes bit it better. easier. Makes it a little bit easier. But overall, really good game. Maddie, what do you think? Yeah. See, I'm not as high as you guys, and it's not even because I had money on Philly. It, three plays basically changed the whole game. 
the fumble, the ghost fumble, a la Cam Newton in the year that they got smoked, the long punt return, and, of course, the call at the end. So, it, it, I mean, Mahomes got the MVP. Look at his numbers. He he played good. He didn't have to play great. They just couldn't. The Eagles defense was the whole key. Uh, they were a no-show. Zero pressures. I mean, he, he had all day. You saw he's gimpy. He still ran for, I don't know how many yards, 40-some yards. How, how do you allow that to happen? Kelsey still got his again. Poor game plan. I, I'm not sold on that Gannon guy, and now he's the coach of Arizona. Man, good luck out there in the desert. Matt, can I uh, kind of devil's advocate? So, obviously, we saw that Mahomes only had 188 yards, uh, two touchdown passes. He played a pretty perfect game, and the only reason I say that, obviously, Jalen Hurts was on the field twice as much. So, no, and I'm not taking anything away from Jalen Hurts. Like outside of the fumble, he played, you know, as flawless as you could in the Super Bowl in the biggest stage of his career. Like that was incredible. So, so tip my hat to him. He he beat guys in the air, which we said was going to be his challenge, and and he rose up to it. So, with that, you know, full respect. But Pat Mahomes only played half the amount of time, and and still put up 188, and essentially was perfect. I think if they play equal amount of time, he, his stat sheet obviously is going to be way better. So while I do think Jalen Hurts earned the stats he did and they were good stats, I think people are kind of downplaying Mahomes as an MVP. He did perfection for the time that he was on the field. Yeah, I'm not downplaying that at all. Sure. I mean, yeah, he, yeah. Definitely, he definitely was the MVP, but he didn't have to make any – he didn't have to force any throws. No, he, he was stress-free. Everything was just so easy. Absolutely. It was just a horrible game plan by the defense. Like I said, I mean, it, your front four, who almost set a league record for sacks, had none. And then you decided to not even bring an extra guy to try to get home and get him off his spot. Just foolish. It was just a bad game plan. The offense was great. Uh, if you liked fun offense, you saw it. I mean, it was a good game. I just think three plays kind of scripted it all, and then, uh, like I said, the Eagles no-show D, killer. Hey, Maddie, you said the game before when they played Cincinnati, you were kind of upset with the same situation, that they weren't really bringing the heat to Mahomes with that. You know, at that time, the ankle was a lot worse than it was probably in the Super Bowl. Now, again, you saw it again. So it is kind of a head-scratcher a little bit, like why these teams didn't try to get – a little bit more pressure on him, especially right before the half there. You saw he got tackled, got hurt. You know, you saw, you know, we were kind of talking, is is he kind of staging it up a little bit for the TV a little bit on that? You know, now I did see something yesterday that they had a mic on him. He seemed like he was in a lot of pain. And then he came back and he looked okay. Did they give him a shot at halftime? I don't know. But it kind of goes back to, like I was saying, what you said with the Cincy game, they did not really bring heat. I was really surprised on that, too. I did not think they did enough uh, coming after him. Now, that was one bet I did hit. Um, I did the under five and a half sacks just because I thought they were going to be in a shotgun. He would get the ball, uh, get rid of it really fast. Also, then uh, with Jalen Hurts, I thought he could scramble out of the way a little bit on that. So that was a good play by me. Yeah, I think the only sack of the game, now don't hold me to it because I didn't look, was Hertz ran out of bounds one time, um, and it counts as a sack. That's it. There was really no pressure on either side. Frank Clark did play pretty well. He got after him and moved Hertz off his spot. But, yeah, the, the defenses were just lackluster. Maybe they're tired. Who knows? And, yeah, Smitty, good point, because if you're silly, how did you not watch the film when Cincinnati played KC? And, look, 
Casey lost, or since he lost to Casey, why not change it up a little bit? Nope, they did the same exact thing. Guess what? You lost to. Jason, what's well, your thoughts? Yeah, that was kind of the nature of their defense, though. They were kind of staying true to their character. I think what they lacked was any wrinkles. And I think Kansas City kind of knew what they were dealing with because Philly wasn't really showing much that they didn't show all year. Um, they really couldn't figure out a way to attack Wiley. The right tackle for Kansas City was probably the worst offensive lineman in the game. That's somebody who I thought they were going to go after and kind of put on an island. Didn't really see that with any of the fronts. I mean, they put Reddick over him a couple times, but he had help. And Kansas City was pretty diligent about making sure – there was someone over there to help him whenever they got obvious pass situations. But uh, yeah, I, I just think you saw Kansas city make nice adjustments in the second half. Um, and you saw Philly kind of play out their script still. And uh, like you said, Kansas city played a perfect second half. I think it was four or four for scoring touchdowns, right on their drive. They yeah. only had the ball eight times. Yeah. Um, they usually average about 10. So, I mean, Eagles dominated the ball. They played their first half. They played exactly how they wanted to. So I could see why they didn't make the adjustments, but yeah, it really came down to those three plays. Like you said, um, you know, my Eagles friends have told me that their special teams weren't great all year. And uh, obviously those things get found out in those big games, especially when it's a close game like that. So I thought it was a really entertaining game. Um, like I said, it was, it kind of, you know, came down to the last possession. So many Super Bowls don't. And um, I, I, you know, if they play 10 times, what, maybe five and a half to four and a half. I mean, they would go back and forth. The Eagles are still a good team. Hertz was a guy I doubted coming in. He played really well. I don't, I'm still not convinced he's anywhere close to 100%. But it didn't matter. I mean, he was really well with his feet. And you saw it in that last Hail Mary. You know, he tried to throw that ball as far as – like, they practiced that play. Those guys know how far he can throw it. He couldn't get it there. So, I wouldn't be shocked if there's something that goes on there with either – I don't necessarily a surgery, but he might have, a, like, a limited throwing routine over the winter. They really need to get that shoulder right. Yeah, just to round it out, I think uh, Nails hit it earlier, like the John Gannon going to Arizona. That's a little questionable, especially not making the adjustments. I mean – I think a lot of people hit it on the head if you listen to other sports shows. Like, they got beat on the same play twice. It just was flip-flopped. It was like they were playing Madden 23, and he just hit R2 and flipped the play. Um, Kansas City, I think, knew that Hassan Reddick could obviously rush and and do damage to Mahomes, so everything was short like I kind of predicted it was going to be, short, quick passes, and that's what they did. Uh, You know, you saw Kelsey kind of run that little curl route 10, 15 feet or 10, 15 yards down the field and curl and either take an inside slant or, or whatever. Um, but it was the adjustments that concerned me in the second half. Andy Reid obviously makes those adjustments. Um, I, I'm actually curious though, and it didn't come out until like the day before the Super Bowl. The whole Vic Fangio thing, like, I'm curious how that impacted the team because they had a good defense, they got you there, and then you bring in this guy who has not been with the team at all for two weeks. What one? I'm just curious, like, how in depth was he uh, being taken? Uh, advice wise and and two like did that just kind of disrupt the game plan like did he say hey I think you should do this and they kind of went away with what they did you know off the jump for the whole season it's just and it could be nothing I just think it's a weird storyline like you're bringing in another coach for two weeks yeah there's there's some like conflicting things there he was actually brought in to help the offense like to basically scout their offense of what he thinks Kansas City would do because I guess, I don't know, there's some history of Spagnola. I don't think they play very similar schemes. In fact, Banjo's scheme is really similar to the Eagles. So maybe he was kind of there, too, to think, you know, he's played him a bunch of times as Denver's yeah. coach. Maybe just offer some things that they had that they seem work. But, yeah, I mean, the, the, the scheme that Philly runs, or Gannon runs, and Banjo runs, they're kind of like cousins. So yeah. it's not too much of a distraction for that. Okay. And, and the reason he got the Arizona job is because nobody wants that job. No, you know, because it, who wants to be a Kyler Murray? Quarterback, he's owed 100 like, – 
hundreds of millions of dollars he's not even going to play next year. So I just want to see hey, pictures of Cliff Kingsbury in the hot tub with those college students again. <laughs> thank, <laughs> Bring that back. Thank God the, the Eagles actually brought in Fangio and not Nathaniel Hackett to pick his brain. No kidding. <laughs> All right, well, that, uh, overall, we got a good Super Bowl. Like I said, you definitely won money if you took our plays. Can um, I jump in real quick? Yeah, go ahead. Jason, great call last week on the octopus. Oh, yeah. When he, brought, when he brought it up, a lot, you know, I was like, what's he talking about yeah. here? Where's he going with this? And a friend of mine, right after the show last week, texted me. We were just leaving the studio, and he said, I already just bet the octopus for the Super Bowl. <laughs> And then right when it happened, he texts, he's like, winner. I'm like, there we go. And that's what we do here at Notebook Wagering. I didn't hear another show through the whole two weeks talk about an octopus. So I, I think oh, if anybody knows about the credit. octopus, Absolutely. Jason would know about the octopus. <laughs> that's why he's on the Smitty, show. He brings uh, in funny, stats. Smitty, funny you say that. A guy that I go to the uh, hang out at the gym with a little bit, he, uh, he did the same thing. He listened to the show and he's like, hey, why not? I put a little bit of. Fun money down on the octopus and bingo. Hey, winner's a winner, man. I loved it. That was great. That pumped, was that pumped me up so much when he texted me that. I was like, that's fantastic. I'm like, that's what we do here. We're giving out yeah. information and we're giving people winners. That's what You know I what like. sucks, though? He gives always open the commissions, too, in case anybody out there is interested <laughs> to pay that back a little. <laughs> what sucks, though, is we didn't bet the octopus. I, I didn't bet the octopus. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> No, overall, you know, I will say, you know, the one I should have really laid the hammer down on was the under five and a half sacks. I wish I would have thrown a lot more on it. And the one, I'm going to be very honest, the one I was way off on, I played Jalen Hurts um, under passing yards. And that was not good. He went way over that. When they came out firing and throwing all the time, I was like, man, this is not going to be a winner. I can tell. And I wish I would have, one, I wish I would have played. I should have listened to Matt and said with the rushing yards with Hertz. That's the one because Matt was really big on that last week. Hey, well, here's how my day went, though. Um, imagine having a Devonta Smith anytime touchdown. That was brutal. And he just kind of coast out of bounds at the one. Or if I'm you like, had McKinnon. So. Jerry McKinnon had that. Well, you knew that was coming, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's 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 still hard to swallow, but you're correct. Well, you, you had Gainwell. Coming. He was in, and then they said his elbow was down for yep. first touchdown. If yep. he had the first touchdown in the game. And then Pacheco, I think, had... He got in. No, Pacheco got in. Yeah, he got, Did he, he get in? Yeah, he scored. He got in? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, okay. His was easy. He just okay. barreled through. Um, But, yeah, no, Matt, you're all right. Uh, Devontae, I mean, if he just doesn't stumble, he, that's walk in and then of course down at the two yard line or something like that that's i i was hurting for you there so all right enough super bowl talk we've got other stuff to, to talk about so let's talk a little waste management recap and then we'll kind of jump in the genesis open which is obviously going on right now but you guys posted your plays on twitter so they count so why don't you guys i know a little more about the genesis because i kind of studied a little bit more this week but you guys break down the waste management how your plays did stuff like that man i'll tell you i'm gonna let you jump i don't even remember who i played after when it's as bad as it was for me last week i kind of just move on uh (laughs) i know i had alex norin uh my best bet top 20 he didn't make the cut i had i think mitchell 
Mitchell didn't make it, was there, and I had – who else? I had one more. I mean, I'm going to be better going in. I don't even remember. My notes aren't in front of me. You know, the one thing, Scheffler, getting back-to-back on it, I mean, it's a great tournament if you – you know, if you're not a golf fan, it's very entertaining. It's good TV. So, you know, check it out. Scheffler again, back to back. I thought Nick Taylor played really well. Rom again, right? John Rom right there to win this one. And again, he's off to a great start this uh, this week. Maddie, what did you have? Oh, last week was a brutal. Uh, again, I'm going to fall back to these guys who I'm going to put on my <laughs> ship my ship list. I'm going to say just because we're on air. And it's, it's Fino again. Just burn me again. But lo and behold, who who checks all the boxes again this week? Fino. So that freaking bum is back in my lineups again. And I'm a bet sheet. I just, it's, when oh, he man, wins it's one like for you, we're throwing you a party. Yeah, it's that it's that X that you just can't kick, man. And that's yeah. turned into Fino. But, I mean, Patrick Cantlay was supposed to do well last week. Morikawa was supposed to do well last week. Both missed cuts. I mean, it was a bad week. Oh, that's who uh, I, I had more cow to win. Thank you, Matt. I, there we go. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the names that didn't show. And then I do a league where you have uh, you can only use guys a certain amount of time. And I love Max Homa this week, but I want to save him because I know I'm going to play him for the U.S. Open. And so I didn't use him this week. I should have, and he tore it up. But I'm I'm okay out of the gate. I will give a big F you to Keegan Bradley, though, for your great start. Um, <laughs> well, another, I love your rants. Who, They're on, like, the second hole, oh, man. and he's even through two or something, and Maddie's blowing up because he didn't have an eagle and a birdie in the first two I holes. Mean, it is fun. I it's great entertainment. Was <laughs> somebody, somebody last week, second hole, their other round dropped an eight on a par five. I'm like, hey, <laughs> sign me up because I know I can do that. <laughs> that sounds like Kevin Kisner for me during the uh, the Pro-Am, so I know that feeling. Yeah. But, yeah, I'm on Fino this week. He, um, he He's actually in okay spot. He's going to have a big day tomorrow. I got Victor Hovland, Zalatoris, and my DFS lineup, though, is way different. But I'm okay out of the gate. Adam Hadwin was a nice round one play for me. So I won both my matchups, too. So I'm okay out of the gate. Yeah, I had Justin Thomas uh, to win in top five. That's a Yama. Or, excuse me, Morikawa top five. This was last week? No, this is this week. Oh, this week. Okay, Uh, yeah, Genesis Open. So jumped on him. I think he came back and played pretty well here. I haven't seen it the last couple minutes here. Matsuyama top ten, and then I did my best bet is Adam Scott top twenty because he's played well um, the last couple years on this. Let me tell you a funny story. Then you know Jason can jump in here. So my dad last week called me and he said, "Why did you pick some of the guys that you did?" I'm like, hey, thanks for the, <laughs> thanks for that. You know, makes you feel really good. You know, they're crap plays, and you're watching it and you're tracking, it and then your dad calls you, and you're like, hey, thanks. And he said, no, seriously, why'd you take these guys? And I said, stats, looking at stats, looking at the numbers. You look at numbers. You look at the odds. You don't understand it. I do. Well, he kept running his mouth. I said, okay, big shot. I said, why don't we do this this week? You send me your winner, top five, top 10, top 20. Okay, so what did he do? He did today. He has Rom the win, Rom top five. Rom sitting two. Uh, I think Cantley is it Cantley? Uh, he's yeah, top, he's like top 10. Yeah, I think he has him top yeah. five. Uh, oh my goodness, I'm gonna forget. Hoagie, he had Hoagie, in he had, there. yeah, top, <laughs> Hoagie top, top 20. Yeah, he's off to a fantastic start. So I'm like, you know what? Maybe I won't be here next week, and maybe uh, Tom Smith will be here. So I don't Bring know. Bring him on, so special we'll guest. Come on down, and you can be in studio. 
Hey, why'd Probably you put that a golf why'd analyst? You, Tom, why'd you make those plays? Because <laughs> they're winners. And I'll tell you what, if he if he whips me this, I won't ever hear the end of it. So it's going to be a long week. Well, then, then we have to track his plays. Uh, exactly. I might just jump in. But I'm off to a good start, too. So it should be a really good competitive uh, weekend. So uh, we'll see what happens. A lot of trash talking between the, the Smith men. I will say before you guys jump in, uh, watch. obviously I'm a huge Tiger fan by default. I think at some point we all are. Or have been. He played pretty well today. He birdied, struggled. He birdied early. Had a couple uh, bogeys. Got back to even. Went plus one on the back uh, nine, which is the harder of the the two sections. Um, and he ended up finishing three birdies in a row to finish it. I think that's a little momentum. Now the question is, can he make it four days in a row? We're not sure. It, and for him, it's actually five. Uh, he played the pro am yesterday. He did sixteen of the eighteen, so he essentially played a full day. Uh, Played today. They have the early tee tomorrow, so it'll be interesting. But I will give the guy credit. I was just interested to see how he's, you know, playing. And he, he played pretty well today. He seemed focused. He had a lot of long putts, uh, but he was getting himself into good situations, um, two and three putting them. Um, well, he played with, yeah, his, he played I, I with any, his buddies, too. He yeah, played yeah, with yeah. I think that Justin. was a calming thing. Oh, absolutely. You yeah. know, to come back in. That's He played with his guys today, so. Yeah. It was funny hey, you could uh, hear you could hear uh, Justin on the live stream. He was like, "Hey, good shot, bro. Good shot, dude." You know, kind of chirping him, and I think that made him feel a little little calm. And Justin's probably the only guy on the tour that has the ability to to say something like that and not get like a scowling look. So uh, that was a good point, Smitty. Real quick, since you guys are talking about the legend, we got to give uh, it so called the man, the myth, the legend, Denny Bowers, a birthday shout out today, Smitty. If you need a video, I got a video of him too. We can, we can <laughs> Denny Bowers, he's, happy birthday! He's, I not, just, he's not real happy about it, but it's out there. It's floating <laughs> around the uh, dark web somewhere. <laughs> I just called him right before I uh, came up to the studio to wish him a happy birthday. Yeah. Denny, on the air, I'd give, I'd give him a shout out on the air, Salisbury Studios and Zoom. Happy birthday! Always love talking to you, having you. Uh, up here gambling with us. We'll have to get you back up here soon and hit the casino because you're good luck for old Millsy here. So, all right, little, uh, we're kind of flying through this show. So we've got a couple tidbits. Uh oh. There we go. Uh, a couple tidbits we'll throw in there. We'll talk a little MLB, just pitchers and catchers. But uh, let's jump into XFL. Uh, Smitty and I killed it the last time this league was going. I, I think I finished somewhere. It was like, 15 and 6 and Smitty was kind of in the same area so uh we're degenerates and we study these these uh non-NFL rejects and non-CFL guys and we're here to win you money so let's start breaking this down because this is where the money is the crumbles just like Donald Trump said hey get those little crumbles put those in the bank account because they start to add up and that's what we do here at the notebook all right let me pull up the lines here real quick fellas Saturday is the uh, week one. Let me see here. All right, so we got a couple games Saturday and a couple Sunday. Uh, so the 3 o'clock Saturday, you got the Vipers and the Renegades. Let's just kind of each team we go. It's kind of an introduction. Let's talk a little bit about the team, maybe some of the rostered guys you guys hear about, and then uh, what I'll do is I'll throw the line and just give me a lean um, if unless hey, you've already made a play. Before you go, are those the two gangs from like Greece or whatever, the Vipers and the Renegades? <laughs> Beats me, man. I don't know. <laughs> We're gonna do What's the Jets. Either, the dumb. Jets. Here comes the Jets. I know the movie. Uh, I just I don't know. That's, yeah. yeah. All right. So you got uh, 
you got the Arlington Renegades, and Smitty brought up a good point. That's like the training camp is all in one facility, and it's down there, so everybody's kind of seeing each other. They're trying to maneuver practices around each other. Um, I don't know if they're practicing kind of like the NFL does where you play against each other in a scrimmage per se. Like I don't know how it's working down there, but regardless, the, the Arlington Renegades open up the season minus three favorites against the Vegas Vipers over under is 37 and a half. Obviously these games are going to be low scoring initially uh handicapped wise because we just don't know what's going to you know what's going to happen. So I Matt, we were talking off the show. I'll just throw it out there. I'm in agreement with you. I think the Vegas Vipers are kind of sneaky. Uh they've got a really good running back in uh Tory, DeAndre Tory, I believe his name, and then their quarterback that's uh Perez, correct? Luis Perez. Okay, yeah, not bad. And then uh, I really don't um, – defensively, like, I'm not seeing really any stout guys it, with the exception of Matt Elam uh, in, in, in this league. Obviously, Matt Elam gets in a lot of trouble, so who's to say he's not there past week one or two? Uh, but he's probably the most notable defender. Um, so defensively, I don't know much. You guys might know more than me. But offensively, I kind of like Vegas's offense. Jason, why don't you dive yeah, in no, a second? I- yeah, I think the thing with Vegas, like you said, is we saw that they might have some issues on the offensive line, and if you can't protect people, that'll be interesting. Uh, I look in that game. I'm going with Arlington just because Stoops was a head coach here last time around, 2020. Actually, of that team, uh, they were Dallas then, but they played in the same spot, which is kind of interesting. Um, and I think he's a little familiar with this process. It's kind of unique in that they pull these rosters together so quickly, and they kind of have to get their systems in. So I think he has a huge advantage. I think Vegas is getting coached by Rob Woodson. Uh, nice little former Steeler. There's former Steeler connections all over this coaching staff. Uh, like you said, it's a pretty talented team, but it's the first time run for them. I think it's a big advantage to have done this before. So I'm I'm, I'm going to lay this three with the Renegades. Yeah, you know, Perez, we were saying, he's been in a bunch of these leagues at quarterback. Not a bad quarterback. Um, former Steeler, um, Tavis Bryant is in this. If he can stay out of trouble, too, he's in there. I think I saw Vic, if I'm correct, Vic Beasley. What team was he on in the NFL? Uh, was Falcons. it the Falcons? Yeah, Falcons. Yeah. yeah, I think he's on this team, too, looking at it. So, yeah, I kind of agree with Jason here. You know, um, Vegas doesn't look bad, but I would take a chance with Arlington, and I would, you know, minus three, I would take Arlington this week. Matty, what do you have in this one? Oh, man, you guys, you guys are on this a little more than me. I want a little more golf. Uh, I'd probably lean Vegas this week. I think they're one of the two best rosters in the league with D.C. I know you guys like Orlando as well, but uh, it's too early. I'm not going to jump in this week. I'm going to sit one week out. Sure. I don't know how these. I don't know how these rules are going to play out. I think. I think anything. If you're going to look at betting, which we strictly look at here. I think you have to start looking at those one-point play, two-point plays, three-point plays, even four-point plays after a score and see how those shake out. I think you can probably get some decent plus-money odds on those happening. I'll say this about the the Stoops team. So he had, um, I'm drawing a blank, Landry. uh, Went to Oklahoma, the quarterback, Landry. Landry Jones. Landry Jones was quarterback, and he was butt in the league, and Stoops' team kind of struggled. I look at this lineup in the quarterback play – I'm not impressed. Again, I think that he's got buck quarterbacks. He's got Kevin Anderson out of Fordham. Know nothing about. Drew played as average. I mean, he did okay at Ball State in the MAC. And then Kyle Sloter out of Northern Colorado. I don't even yeah. know. 
Yeah, I like Sloter. He was, I think Do he you? was like the MVP of the USFL uh, when okay. they played last spring. So, yeah, that's a guy I like. And they actually got his favorite uh, receiver on purpose. They overdrafted him, uh, Sal Canella, uh, basically come in and play. So that's the connection there. So if you're generous enough to be playing XFL fantasy, you want to <laughs> make sure you stack those two guys. <laughs> Is it an upgrade to go from the USFL to the XFL? Or do they just kind of bounce like whoever's going to pay uh, the most money, I guess? I was I just going to say, what's the pay? Yeah, it I was seventy five k, but I don't know what it is now. And the seasons cross over, so you have to pick one or the other. You can't yeah. do both because I, I was thinking some teams would do that. I, I I'm gonna stay off this game just because I don't know what the Bob Soup's like. His team was bad in the first round, but I do like your point. Like he he's familiar with the process. He's he kind of got a leg up in that sense. Um, quarterback situation, Jason. You like Kyle Slaughter? I just don't know enough about him. Uh, so that's kind of a game I'm gonna stay away. I mean, if you put a gun to my head and I had to pick, I'm probably going to go Vegas just because I know a couple more of their players. I like to run it back. I like to quarterback. Um, and they've been in this situation. So the next game, Orlando Guardians and Houston Roughnecks. Smitty was kind of talking off air. Orlando is uh, almost a consensus worst team in the league. It's what I read on a couple articles. They weren't very high on this Orlando team. The only thing I really saw, Paxton Lynch, they had him at quarterback. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what do you get from him? I mean, he was supposed to be high in the NFL, and he just flamed out. But obviously this league is either guys trying to prove themselves or flame outs. Um, Houston was a – they've got a good coach, Wade Phillips. I mean, successful NFL coach. There's a reason he was there for so long um, at in, in some capacity. I would love to take minus three. I probably will bet minus three because I, I just think they have a good team. I think they – again, their coaching is second to none. And I think this is a league where if you have a good quarterback – or a good coach, that is the term, the determining factor, um, more more so than than talent overall on the team. I, I think you're playing solid compet, you know, competition. Obviously, it's not CFL quality; it's below that. So again, a great coach that can coach you to a win or make guys better, and then a good quarterback who's competent can throw the ball and make his team better than what they actually are. I think that's what wins, and and I think they've got that there. And they got Sammy Coates, too, the old Steeler. Isn't Sammy Coates an old Steeler? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Okay. That's what I thought. (laughs) A lot of old Steelers coaching and playing. I like it. And they got Silvers at uh, Brandon. Yeah, he's their starter, right? That's what I have down. He lit it up at Troy. So so they're undecided. They haven't announced the starter yet. Some people think they're actually going to go with Cole McDonald, the old long-haired quarterback out of Hawaii. Um, I mean, he aired it. I'll give him that. Put up some pretty big numbers. (laughs) They they are going to run the run. They're going to run the run and shoot like the traditional run and shoot like Hawaii uh, in college does. So he knows that system pretty well. So that's why they're thinking he has a leg up on the competition. Okay, it'll be interesting to see how much Phillips can put his system in on defense because they don't have that much time. It's a pretty complicated scheme. And, but, I mean, yeah, you're picking a guy who coached the NFL playoff games against Terrell Buckley. So I, I'm, I'm going to go I'm, – I'm definitely going with the home team here and I'm going to lay the points. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm, uh, the, I'm, the I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to take the rough next minus the three in this one too. Matty, what do you got in this one? Yeah, you go go Houston. They're, I'm looking at their roster now. Their talent level technically on paper looks a little better. Uh, like <laughs> we've been saying that good quarterbacks or any of these guys actually really – good quarterbacks or are they just good quarterbacks in this league and this in league. our eyes this league yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah this is this is going to be we have tough. to preface that 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 good is definitely going in air quotes 
yes. if history serves, one of these guys will start for the Washington Commanders in the next two years, right? Yeah, Jordan yeah. Tayamu. Oh. Well, you had Heineke. <laughs> you know what's funny is Tayamu was a starter for St. Louis. Heineke was his backup. Both have actually been on the Commanders roster. Tayamu was used as an emergency guy, I believe, like in the last week or two of the last season when they had all those COVID uh, issues in the quarterback room. Yeah. Um, so I don't see why Jordan Tayamu continues to not get an opportunity. He played ex- like way above the level of this league uh, with the Battle Hawks, and he had a somewhat decent camp the year after that with Kansas City. Uh, obviously, I guess they. I don't know who they took the, as their third-string quarterback that year, but, like, how does that guy not land on a practice squad at minimum and make the league, you know, 150000 200000 that it is? Because he's pretty dang good, and, and I think we're going to see that again in this league. Like, he's just going to be a, a head and shoulders above everybody else at that position. Hey, for our listeners, too, Q and I are both Washington Commodores, Commanders, Redskins, football team guys, and these other two yo-yos are Steelers <laughs> guys. So, Q, they can make fun of our Heineke and all these guys. But, I, but I'm pretty sure uh, Washington has been in the playoffs more recently than Pittsburgh. Nope. 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 Yeah. Yeah. No, in the playoffs. Last yeah. season. Last season. Both of them were. Oh, were come the, on. They got the, destroyed the, by the Chiefs. All right. In the last five, how many times have – I think it's even there, too. Yeah. <laughs> I, hey, I will say this. I did you know, see. Are a we thing. really bragging about this? <laughs> like, yeah, I got to brag about something. Okay, okay. I think the, I'll give you the Commanders have covered more recently in the playoffs than the Steelers have. I'll give you that one. Yeah, that's that's for from sure. play of a quarterback who was in this league. XFL. Listen, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. This is he wanted it to be like a meshed league with the NFL, kind of minor leagues, and seems like the Commanders are all in. So. That might be the first uh, handshake the, we see. I hope The Rock got good insurance because I'm pretty sure he's going to lose money on this league. 100%. But not for me. I'm going to win money on this league. All right, let, let's go to San Antonio. It's a new team. They uh, they took the franchise from the L.A. Wildcats, uh, who also had a quarterback play several starts, P.J. Walker, for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, so they have moved from L.A. to San Antonio. So they are hosting the St. Louis Battlehawks, who are favored by two and a half. Over under is thirty six and a half. Smitty knows a little more about the Battlehawks than I do uh, this season. He says what he's been reading um, in the minute amount of information you can find is they have an incredible wide receiver room, um, which that will pay dividends if if you have guys that you can kind of throw the ball up to um, inaccurately or accurately, and they go get it and score for you. Um, San Antonio is not a terrible roster when I looked at it. And again, we're prefacing like for this league. Um, they've got a really good running back, Kalen Ballage. I mean, the guy spent five or six years in the NFL, uh, a couple with the Dolphins, a couple with somebody else. He played at Arizona State. Um, he's not a bad running back. I'm looking, they had uh, Jalen Tonov. Yeah, Jalen Tolliver, I believe, has been in this league before and he, he did pretty well. And then TJ Vasher, I do remember out of Texas Tech, wasn't horrible. Uh, so you have a good receiver there. And their quarterback room, they've got two decent guys. Jack Cohn from Notre Dame, we all remember, who wasn't dreadful by any means. And then Reed Sinnott out of San Diego kind of had his name popping up in college. Um, give me those two guys and, and a great running back in this league, and that'll get you far. And and Heinz Ward actually, is the coach, correct? Heinz Ward is. And you would think this team – like you just said, there is maybe going to be a smash mouth team. Hines was a very hard nosed player, yeah. and like you said, looks like maybe they're going to try to run the ball. They got some good running backs, so 
Here's here. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take San Antonio. I'm gonna go with a little Steeler connection here. Give me Heinz Ward and and his team pulling up the upset here on Sunday here. So give me San Antonio plus the two and a half. See, I'll jump in before Jason goes because he's got he's got more about it. I think San Antonio is the dark horse. Um, they're actually skilled position guys. Calvin Turner is actually really good. Jalen Tolliver got a cup of coffee in the league. Dylan Parham got a long look in the NFL, I think, with the Chargers. Balaj, like Q said, was all over. TJ Vasher is actually a really good player. And DeAndre Goolsby, the other tight end, is really good. It, if they get a good quarterback play. Goolsby played the NFL, back. right? Uh, yeah. Uh, he had a cup of coffee up okay, there, too. Yeah. Uh, all right. DQ, I'm not high on Jack Cohn. Get him out of there. Uh, <laughs> that dude to me. That dude to me is just—I mean, he's that's a, that's a, he's a quarterback. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but in this uh, league, I don't think he's dreadful. When oh, you man, when you look at I some of the names, I want no part of him. Get him out of right, there. Put him in it. I can't wait um, until next week when we break down the quarterback <laughs> play on this. I think it's going to be fantastic. Well, it might be. I'll eat, I'll eat crow if uh, Jack Cohn comes goes out and wins MVP in this league. <laughs> I want Jason because Jason's. <laughs> pretty on with this guy or or stat wise like what it, and he's on st louis battlehawks i'm presumably the starter what are we going to see from aj mccarron because we really haven't seen him since he played in the national title game in alabama he's been a backup for his entire career so he's kind of the Ho- biggest question mark for me hopefully we see like 30 shots of his hot wife <laughs> yeah i think we will uh, yeah, God you know, bless. We need to get a prop on that yeah there's probably yeah. no prop bets on the xfl yeah. yet but we should probably get a, a camera count on uh <laughs> She probably boosts ratings 30%. 100%. Absolutely. Um, I don't know. I mean, this guy, he was a starter in the NFL, too. I mean, he played whenever, I think, what, when Carson Palmer went down, and yeah. he, he got some decent time there. So he's probably got the most experience out of anyone in this league. Now, that, does, that hasn't done well. You mentioned Landry Jones, um, a bunch of other guys who kind of came into the league last time. P.J. Walker was really the only guy who took off. Um, I think he took uh, off. Actually, we're forgetting Josh Jackson, <laughs> too, who played for – or Josh Johnson, who played in the NFC Championship game. He was a L.A. Wildcat quarterback as well. Are you forgetting uh, Taylor Heineke? <laughs> I'm not forgetting Taylor Heineke. I mean, how could I forget him? He's the, the backup emeritus there in uh, Washington. But, no, I mean – but he didn't get a chance to play in the XFL. Like you said, Tiamu was a starter most of the time. Correct, uh, They were yeah. really loaded that position. Yeah. It's it, but this is what it comes down to, right? I think it, if you look at teams that have been good in all these spring leagues, the teams that score points are the ones who actually win, right? You, you don't see any great defenses getting put together here out of these guys because if you can cover anyone, you're playing in the NFL. <laughs> so, I mean, that's where yeah. I think if you can throw the football, you're going to do all right. Um, I like St. Louis in this one just because same kind of thing. I think uh, Anthony Beck is a coach for St. Louis. I think he's coached before in this league, and I think he coached St. Louis last time. I'm sure it may have been Hayes. But uh, I think you have Heinz Ward his first time calling being a head coach here, and uh, I, the roster's not bad. But like I said, Maddie said I, I can't get behind a West Wisconsin, Wisconsin quarterback at any level. I believe uh, so, Anthony yeah, give Beck. The, give me the Battle Hawks. I believe Anthony road. Beck after this league because I think you're right. I think he was a coach in this league at one point uh, until they shut it down during COVID. But they picked him back. He was a high school coach, and they're bringing him back up. I just that kind of reminds me like the Mitch Mustaine and um, uh, who was it. Mitch Mustaine play, uh, and his coach, they were in high school together. Yes. I'm drawing a blank. Um, Houston Nutt. Houston Nutt, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, maybe we get that again. All right, the uh, let's go the, the next game, the last best, game. Best game of the weekend right This here. is. I think this is the pa- Sunday night absolutely. football. D.C. defense. Okay. Now, again, this was 
different coaching schemes, different coaches, different players, stuff like that. But DC actually had somewhat of a decent defense last time this league, you know, attempted to have a season. Um, offense was a little dreadful. Cardell Jones was just butt awful. He couldn't throw the ball. He couldn't run the ball, but he couldn't get tackled either because uh, he was 285 pounds playing in position. So you have Seattle coming to DC for the Sunday night primetime game. DC is minus one and a half favorites over in a 36. I think it's going to be low score, and I think all of these are. Even though Seattle, I think, probably has a better roster, I'm going to give DC uh, probably my money at the minus one and a half. I, I think DC is one of the few. It was LA and DC actually packed the house and had the best attendance, and St. Louis had a good good attendance. But I think for Seattle to have to come across the country for the first week, DC's they were stacking, you know, Audi Field. They were notorious for the uh, the beer snake things like that. Like those guys are going to be there. It's going to be loud. And I think D.C. in a low-scoring game is going to win like 17-14, something like that. I kind of like Seattle in this a little bit. I'm you looking like losing. Haslitz, the coach. Is it Ben DiNucci? Did he, did he, he play? Go, he was the Cowboys. Was, where did he go to call? Was he at JMU. He was a, he was a he won a national title. Former Pitt Panther. Former yeah, Pitt Panther. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So there, <laughs> there we go. Pine, Pine, Pine Richland. Pine Richland, great <laughs> program up there. Yeah, everybody take a drink anytime Pine Richland's mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> but you got him, you know, Josh Gordon's on the team. Now, if he can stay mm. out of trouble, there you go. You got Josh Gordon. Brandon uh, Brandon Knox, I think, a running back out of Marshall's also on this team. So, no, this is the, I think this could be a really good game. This is a good Sunday night game if you're really diving into the XFL here, people. This is probably most equivalent to, like, a, a good college game. Yeah, that's a good game. I'm going to take Seattle because I always take against the D.C. teams. Matt, anything? Me, Nothing? Jason? Yeah, g- give me D.C. Uh, with with Eric Dungy, a quarterback, Puka Williams, Ryquell, Armstead running the ball. They're going to run the Navy Veer. They might have even brought in Medhurst to come over and take a little <laughs> look at that offense, man. Do you think Dungy's forget, the quarterback? Forget Seattle, man. You already know uh, what's his name. Josh Gordon is up there smoking so much weed and those laws. <laughs> So if, if they have any kind of testing, he's done by week three. Oh, that's oh, a great man. over-under. I'm going to – listen, I'm writing that down right now in the notebook. Josh Gordon gone by week three. I don't think Dungy's going to be the starter either. I think over, it's going to be Tayon. Love it. Yeah, I would think so too. Who did you, you think it was? Jordan Tayon. Yeah, they went and got Tayon because Dungy and King – weren't getting it done in practice. So that was kind of like an emergency grab. So yeah. I, I definitely think he'll be the starter. But, yeah, they also, there are a couple guys are out for them, I think, uh, the wide receiver position. So. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Where did you find that out? Because I didn't see any of that. Uh, what's it called? Uh, Katie Cannon from Baylor is one of the guys that's out. And there's another guy I recognized from last time was actually a pretty good player. It was a Jazz Ferguson. Um, but so they're going to try to run the football, and that's I think problematic because you can't run the ball. Like there's no way these lines are ready to block people and be any way efficient. Like that's one thing you notice in these spring leagues. They run the football much better as the season goes on because guys kind of get yeah. into the flow. It's much easier to pass block uh, out of this because defenses probably aren't too complex yet. It's usually mostly four man rushes or maybe five man rushes. So you can definitely throw the football a little bit. So yeah, I like Seattle because of that. I think they've got some decent receivers. I don't know about Ben DiNucci, though. I'm a little questionable. But, I mean, he was last seen covering for the Cowboys on a Monday night game. So, uh, I'll, I'll take him there. Even though, like you said, NFL retread is not really doing too hot in these these leagues. Hugh, the reason, the reason you couldn't find any injury reports is because you have to go. This league's so outdated. you got to go back to, like, 
Alta Vista and search on there <laughs> for freaking injury report. Uh, what I need to do is I need to, being that I work in D.C., I need to go drive up like to the team office and be like, just give me inside information. I will give somebody a cut, but we need to get this information because I it's just no can walk right in. And just look, go to the training room and see who's there. And be like, hey. I could probably wear like my uniform and they'd be like, oh, he's just part of the staff. He's coming in. Well, the best thing <laughs> is every week we can do the Josh Gordon update from Maddie's bed. Yeah. <laughs> out of the league in three weeks. I can't wait. <laughs> Got it down. Got it down. Sorry, I hope he. I hope he's gotten his life back on track. He. he uh, I hope. He needs, it's yeah. been nine years. I mean, I know. It, it's not like it was just like last year or whatever. Like his best season was 2013. It, yeah. Like when I saw that, I was thought of my chair. I was like, that song has been going on that long. It's just yeah. like he's been suspended for most of it. I think he's been clean for most of it. To be honest with you, I just don't think he's very good anymore because he's too damn rusty. But yeah, he's kind of reminds me of like the lower lower rated Ricky Williams per se, like had all the talent in the world, you know, could be at the peak 2013. Ricky had a couple unbelievable years. And then it's like, no, nah, I'm done. I'm smoking weed. I'm out. And then he tried to come back and then it didn't work. Like that's, that's what it is. So that'll be interesting. Uh, I'm going to be seeing if there's a J sighting. I mean, we saw a play NFL playoff coach vaping on the sideline. So it's not far fetched to be like, Let's get a camera on Josh Gordon and see if he's got a vape pen and maybe test that substance. Uh, so that's something I'll be watching, but it should be a good game. I'm going to take – I'm telling you right now, I will have tickets on the Defenders minus one and a half, and I will also have a ticket on the Houston Roughnecks, and then I will have a third because I will tease them and be the teaser king of this league. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't even know if they'll let me tease it, but if they do, I'm teasing it. Oh, you know I'll have some teasers in this league if my site. XFL like. teasers may be a new level of degeneracy. <laughs> listen, it's a good insurance oh, policy. Listen, it's nothing bad at all. When you're when you're betting an all star game, then then you got some issues. And I guarantee you're staring at four guys that have guaranteed have gambled on an all star <laughs> game here or there. So don't worry about it. Smitty's waited three I days for Romania. Smitty's waited three and three or four days for a payout from like a Romanian basketball game. So there's there's low levels and we're not quite there yet. They're not the, they're not the quickest cash in those tickets over there. All right, let's let's uh let's kind of wrap this up. Let's just talk a little bit about Major League Baseball, pitchers and catchers. A little uh, hockey. We gotta get at least oh, yeah. Jason one minute yep, on the yep. hockey. Jason, why don't you do hockey and then we'll just end the show with, with baseball. So the thing with hockey right now is if you're betting on hockey and you should be, um, dogs are hitting. Look for look for some big numbers here. Like you're getting late in the season, you're getting the dog days. Teams are beat up. Nobody has any cap room, so no one can make any trades. So they're kind of playing guys from the minor leagues. Um, yeah, you see a plus two hundred number again on a team at home or a team that's played against a team that's maybe played two nights in a row. Don't be afraid to go out there. Don't be scared of it. Um, but also try to recognize that there's some teams that are just done. The Chicago Blackhawks have they've picked up their T-shirts. They are toast. You can fade the Blackhawks pretty much from here on out. They may get you once or twice, but they're not going to get you. Um, other teams like uh, the Buffalo Sabers are getting very interesting. As they usually have a nice, healthy number, they score a lot of goals. They can't play defense, so if you play them against a team that doesn't score too well, they're good. The Red Wings are a very interesting team. They usually have a nice plus number next to their names. Uh, San Jose is a team that should be calling it quits for the season. You know. They're probably going to make a bunch of trades, but before they do that, they're actually playing some pretty good hockey. Uh, they had a tough night against the Penguins the other night, 3-1. I think on expected goals, though, I think that was an even game. Uh, the Penguins goalie kind of just stood on his head. 
Um, but the Sharks have value right now until they make it. When you see Timo Meyer get traded, then you're off the Sharks. But that's what, well, well, maybe we'll make a list. We'll put it out there of who's dead and who's alive. The biggest thing with the NHL is that there's a bunch of teams that want to go and be good and want to make trades, and no one has any cap room. No one can figure out how to kind of manage this hard cap system, and uh, it's really holding back the league, to be honest. You see the NBA. Look how that exploded that one day with all the trades that went on, and you kind of created some teams out of nowhere. The Mavericks are interesting. Uh, what you call it, the Suns are now interesting. You got Durant. So the, the NHL needs to figure this out to be able to kind of make that same kind of moves. There's guys on teams that are stuck that would be really helpful pieces on teams that are kind of right underneath that top tier. Matty, what do you think? Hey, real quick. There there are two more dead teams. Um, the Flyers are going to shut it down. Uh, they need they need the superstar power and the Bedard kids, the, the way to go. And the only way you're going to do it is shutting it down. And Columbus. Even though oh, they, yeah. even though they might not want to think they're going to shut it down, they're so far behind it's shut down no matter what. Well, I think for, they're they're in the running. They're they, I think they have thirty six points. It, it's that's oh, a bad they've been bad, all bad season. They, no one's gotten healthy and they give yeah. up a ton of goals. So, I think yeah. for a week or two you fade the Capitals with Ovechkin being back in Russia as well. Without him there, that team's just not good in my opinion. So. And they, yeah, they got to find a way. They got to stay in this. Now, the Penguins are kind of struggling, too. Those two teams are going to be coming down for that eighth playoff spot. But the Caps kind of need to suck it up here, uh, else they're going to lose too many games while Veshkin's out. That could take a while um, with that morning process. So uh, we'll see how feisty the Capitals are. It's not a bad team. It's a team you, you can pick against good teams and good matchups, um, especially on the home ice. Yeah, they definitely play home ice well. They're an old team. They, they have a lot of guys banged up. Uh, but. I just think without Ovechkin, it's tough. I mean, he's, he's I agree. I, everything goes through him. Um, and so I'm not saying fade him for the season, but until he gets back, I think it's pretty easy money to, to go against him unless they're at home. And then you have to really look into who they're playing. Um, all right, if that's it for NHL. So actually, let's, let's pivot a little bit. So long story short, pitchers and catchers are back. We'll kind of enter the show next week or in the next couple weeks, once we start getting, like, news stories, like, really right now the only news story to me that I've heard is, like, Steven Strasburg has been shut down indefinitely. But outside of that, you haven't heard anything major yet. Except Uh, they're using the biggest bases. Well, the new rules. (laughs) So I figure we talk more, like, kind of full-blown spring training about that stuff and the the new rules. But why don't we, because now we're coming into March, and we all know what March is. It's it's the month of madness. It's one of our best times. So maybe let, why don't we just kind of dip our toes in the water, see what the temperature is for five, ten minutes about college basketball. I'll, I'll start because I'm ready. Yeah, go ahead. So that you know what? Everybody who's like new to this and loves the bet, period, if you go in and you look at rankings right now on college basketball, just completely throw them out. Yeah. Because as soon as somebody gets in the top five, because they had a good week, maybe they played a few crap opponents, and they jump up to one or two, and then they get they get just get housed. Don't pay attention to the rankings right now. Uh, after these conference tournaments get started up, is when you really are going to have to pay attention to these so-called top ten teams. Now there is no clear-cut number one, no way, shape, or form. Houston nope. is close because of how good they are athletically and their defense. But they still have a bunch of losses, too. So yeah. there is nobody out there who's going to dominate this tournament. There is going to be extreme value, I think, in teams that are probably going to come in as the three through six seeds, I think, this year. Uh, 
my cousin did a really cool thing. He, him and seven of his buddies all pulled together a bunch of money. They went to the sports book and they each picked a team uh, to win the NCAA tournament. And they, they did like a consensus and say they got seven, seven teams, all different. They have anywhere from uh, Kansas all the way down to Texas, UConn, a bunch of longer shots. And some of these teams like UConn, in uh, Tennessee, who plays great defense but has no scoring. We saw Purdue tonight is absolutely getting steamrolled. Just don't worry about the, those top teams. If that's your squad, okay, they're going to be there and they're going to get their high seed still because this is just a crapshoot year. This is going to be an amazing tournament coming up. I think you said it best. There's no – well, I take it back. Look at the rankings because if you can catch a ranked team on the road you're and you look mm-hmm. at the numbers and who they're playing – you can cash serious money on the underdog. Well, that's been hidden all year. It's like 67% or something yeah, like that. Yeah, these ranked yeah. teams going into an yeah. unranked team. And, I mean, you saw it again last night. Uh, Indiana went into Northwestern, and yep. Northwestern got a big win. And that team's going to be in the tournament this year playing extremely well. Yeah, I think Maddie said it well. Here's my two cents really fast here. Don't really get caught up. You saw Bama lose last night, Tennessee you know, really did a nice job. Maddie said it well. They can really defend. They can't really score, but they can really defend. So that can go really far. You know, Purdue tonight got steamrolled. That happens. Maryland's really good at home. Maryland's only lost one on the at home this year, and that was to UCLA. UCLA is an interesting team because they're some veterans there. I like teams that have good point guards. They do have a good point guard that at UCLA. So keep an eye on them when they get into March. But this one is going to be wide open. There's a lot of good teams. It depends on the matchups and how they stack up against each other, how far these teams will go. So it's going to be a wide open March, but it's going to be an exciting one. I think you're going to see teams like Bama, Gonzaga, and some other teams early exits in the tournament, if you want my honest opinion. I think they're going to get yeah, beat. I, they lay duds, and they're not as good as, as advertised. Go ahead, Jason. Yeah, I think it's the interesting thing this year, too, is that uh, I think the analytics are kind of lying to us. Like, you look at some of the, uh, the sites that I've used forever, like Ken Palm and uh, Aslametrics and Bartorvik, and you kind of see who's in the top 25, and those teams aren't playing to that pedigree. Like, Ohio State's no. finally dropping out into the 50s, but for a while there, they were in the top 25, and they were losing every night. Um, so it's really tricky – to navigate that way. This has always usually been a good way to find sleepers. I don't think that's the case this year. I think there's a lot of good teams in like that 40 to 80 range that would usually be in the top 40. Um, and I, I don't know what to make of that, but like Pitt, I can't believe I'm saying this, but Pitt is a team like that. 19-7, they've been just as good as anyone in the ACC, which is down. But like you have to look for teams like that because um, the analytics will tell you they're not that good, but you, the eye test is telling you a whole different thing. I mean – Penn State's ahead of Pitt in the Ken Palm, and there's absolutely no way they're a better team than Pitt right now. And there's a bunch of teams like where you can go head-to-head like that, and if they played, uh, you would take the lower team almost every time. Well, it'll be interesting. We're going to be f- ramping this up. Uh, we've already secured one guest for uh, for March, so that'll be a good um, knowledgeable guy. I believe he has his own podcast, or he is a frequent, uh, and, I, and I'll figure out more, a frequent guest uh and then we're going to have some VEASAN guys hopefully come on that we've had in the past. Uh, so we'll be reaching out to those guys as we get closer. And then um, Maddie will be in Vegas. So we'll, we'll kind of have some live reporting from Vegas for the tournament. And then uh, hopefully Smitty and I will be doing some live stream stuff here in Manassas. Uh, but it's exciting. So that's we're going to obviously get our shows are going to 
to transform into college basketball. You know, it, it's kind of hard with lines, especially when we do a Wednesday or Thursday show to get a Friday or Saturday, you know, matchup line. Uh, so we're going to struggle a little bit with that. But uh, why don't we do this? Why don't we, for, for next week, why don't we kind of give, um, go home, do a little research, figure it out. Give me, like, if you were to put money on a national championship ticket, give me a couple teams that you're doing. You know, maybe, uh, for instance, like Wisconsin. Wisconsin, a lot of people are hammering them right now, you know, just to make the tournament at plus 250 uh, based on what they've done in the last 10 games. It's dicey. Some people think they're doing enough, some don't. So why don't you guys give me, you know, sort of what you guys think of a team maybe on the bubble, uh, who you think can make a deep run, you know, who are duds, places like that. And then we'll kind of start breaking down, you know, uh, a little more in depth. Yeah, I'll play. Yeah, sorry, buddy. Oh, sorry, I was going to say, I'll plant a seed real quick, and it'll make Q extremely happy. Look out for Virginia this year. They're good, man. Good coaching, aggressive defense, and they score. Uh, they have That's the key. They have a little more offense this year than they have typically in the past. They're a little Correct. more well-rounded, not just one dude who can bomb it away. Yeah, I, I really think – now, I bet them over probably two months ago, and I got them at 25-1. to 1. Uh, I have a couple tickets already out there, but that's one that I really, really like if they can get a good draw. What would they, and I haven't looked, what would they be to win the ACC tournament? It's like that's a that's a smaller tournament that you could, if you can catch a plus money, could make you know, a decent little change and then parlay that into I something. Think, I think without looking, I think there's probably going to be three teams that are right there for that. Miami, UVA. Uh, Miami, UVA, and then Clemson, like as a dark horse. Yeah. I'd probably say they're all probably around plus 300-something maybe. Maybe it's for if you've got them twenty nine to one, you might as well just lay them in the plus three hundred. Because, yeah. like you said, now granted, they're not burning down the nets, but and they're not twenty nineteen caliber offense. Like that was a stacked team, uh, but they're more in the past. And and with their defense, if they can score, they could make a deep run and beat anybody in the country at that point. I do want to say something that that you hit on real quick. You said about teams making an early exit. I actually flipped the script on that. I actually think teams to be weary of this year. I'm not so weary of the ones who can really score. I'm going to really look at the teams who can't score, like Tennessee, who comes up against, I don't know, some college of Charleston or somebody yeah. who can just get up and go. That's yeah. who I'm more worried about is a team that just can't score, can't put that ball in that hoop, man. I, I like the teams who can't score to get out of the first weekend. So. Yeah, I think you'll see, like, I've just said, Bama, like, they'll lay a dud because they live and die by the three – uh, or Gonzaga, you know, they're easily beatable because of their weak schedule. We see it every year. And this year, they're probably one of the weakest teams we've seen in, in the last 10 years for them. So There's so many of those teams, like Matt just said, they're like College of Charleston. You got yeah. If UAB gets in with Walker and Gaines, they have so much talent. You know, uh, Southern Miss is really good also in that. Uh, Lafayette, I think. I think they're in the same conference. There's Belmont's so, really good this year. There's so many of those teams that they get in. Uh, Hofstra's on fire right now. Uh, Speedy Claxton's the coach there. They're just whipping people right now, too. And um, so if they would get in, there's another one. I mean, we'll we'll break it down next week. We'll yeah, try yeah. to come and bring you some uh, teams if they get in the tournament that could go on a run. All right, boys. If you guys don't have anything, we'll kind of leave it on that note. And uh, we'll, we'll... I'm good. Great show. Awesome. All right. So college basketball next week. Bring those those little notes with you, and uh, we'll, we'll get this thing. We're ju- we're diving in. We just dipped the toes in the water. It's feeling good. We're we're getting ready to hit the old cannonball. March Madness time is now. Yes, sir. All right. As we always say, bang your bookies. See you. Thanks for listening to the Notebook Wagering Podcast. 
Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any episodes and be sure to follow at Notebook Wagering. Until next time.